0: This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert.
1: It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you that are watching today. We especially are delighted to have those watching today, perhaps for the first time. And we want you to stay tuned today As we're going to be discussing this Bible subject and our lesson will be centered around the books of 1st and 2nd Peter, we're going to be talking about five precious things. I hope that you'll stay tuned. Now today we continue to offer the free Bible correspondence course that we have mentioned on our telecast many, many times. It is free. People continue to ask, what does it really cost? It costs nothing. It's free. Anything that we offer on getting to know your Bible can be given to you at no cost to you. All you have to do is request it. We have people who request uh, copies of CDs of each one of the lessons. Occasionally, someone will want a DVD. Well, those are absolutely free to you. We have those who give to this work uh, on the Lord's Day to make it possible For us to be able to carry on this work and offer these things to you without cost. Now we want to pause for just a moment that you might know a little bit more about the Bible course and that you might know how to receive the course.
0: To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free
1: 1-877-711-5214. I'm going to be reading now from 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. That There are many things that are very precious to us. Our families are very, very precious to us. Our grandchildren are very precious. Have you ever been around a grandparent and they'll say, have I shown you the pictures of my grandchildren? The reason they want to do that is those grandchildren are so precious to them. Our citizenship in this nation called America ought to be a very precious thing. Our freedom, the freedom we enjoy, is very precious. Maybe there's some family heirloom in your possession that belonged to some deceased relative, and it may not be worth a great deal so far as its monetary value is concerned, but it's precious to you because of the one with whom you associate it. Well, in the Apostle Peter, in the book of 1 Peter, as well as in the book of 2 Peter, tells us about some precious things. For for example, in chapter 1, in verse 7, he he tells us that, that our trials are precious. Notice he says again that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So he says our trials are precious. Sometimes people doubt God's goodness because of trouble that comes in their life. And trouble is a common lot of man. You know, Job 14, 1 says, man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. It's going to come. But sometimes people doubt God because of the trials they have in their lives. The question is asked in Judges chapter 6 and verse 13, If the Lord be for us, why then is all of this befallen us? So never doubt God because of the trials that you have. There there may be a reason these things have happened, and it may not be because you've done anything wrong, and it may not be because God made it happen, but it may be the circumstances that surround you have caused it to happen. But sometimes these things are needful in our lives. I want you to look again at First Peter 1 and verse 6, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season. If need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptation. Sometimes there's a need. It is needful that we go through the dark hours appreciate the sunshine. And so the trials that we face are very precious. And we need to understand that they are seasonal, and they do not last forever. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 16, Paul wrote, For which cause we faint not? For though our outward man perish, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Paul said, the trials that I've had, the problems that i had are just momentary. They're, they're, they're not going to last forever. And yet they lasted a great many years in the life of that great man called the Apostle Paul. But, but the trials that we have are temporary. They're seasonal and they're also very precious. You say, well, Brother Lambert, how could you say that, that a trial or a, or a problem or trouble that comes into your life could be pe- precious? Well, one of the benefits of it, it helps to create patience in our life. James chapter 1 and verse 3 says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. And so we need patience. And it helps us to develop a, a long-suffering and a patience in our lives. But then also, the trials that we might endure in this world make us more like the Lord whom we serve. In First Peter chapter 4, verses 12 and 13, listen to what Peter wrote. Beloved, think it not strange, concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. In other words, it just happened to you and to no one else. Here you have a problem. You think, well, no one else has that problem. Well, listen to verse 13. He says, but rejoice inasmuch as you're partakers of Christ's sufferings. He suffered. You follow Jesus. You may endure some suffering as well. When the, but when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. So we may suffer because we're Christians. We may suffer persecution because we're Christians. We may have people who mock us and belittle us. But don't worry about that. Jesus suffered. We're going to suffer. But in the end, you're going to be able to rejoice. So the trials that we have are precious because they make us more like our Lord Jesus Christ. But the trials that we endure are precious because it causes us to place our eyes on the next life, on eternity. I'll go back to Paul's statement in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 in the beginning. For which cause we faint not, for though our outward man perish, yet our inward man is renewed day by day, Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. For while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, that is, they're temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. You see, when we have problems come in our lives, when we have those temporary difficulties, it can cause us to focus on the eternal. So it goes without saying, our trials are precious. But something else that Peter tells us that is precious in chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, is the blood of Jesus Christ. Listen as I read. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. So you're not going to be saved, you're not going to be redeemed with things like silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. The blood of Jesus is precious. As of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who was verily foreordained before the foundation of the world was but manifest in these last times for you. In the Old Testament, when the animals were sacrificed to God, God's people were to offer the very best they had. For example, when the Passover was instituted in the twelfth chapter of Exodus, and his people were told to go out into the midst of the flock and find a male lamb, a year old, and to t- that was without blemish, one that it was near perfect as they could find. They would offer the blood of that animal and put it upon the linen doorpost of their houses. It had to be as nearly perfect as possible. If you'll study carefully the first chapter of Malachi, you will find that God was displeased with his people. Because they were offering, as he referred to it, as polluted bread on the altar. They were offering to him that which was lame, blind, and even stolen. And God was not pleased with it. He said, why don't you offer that to your governor? See if your governor uh, would be pleased with that kind of an offering. You see, God always wanted the very best. And when it came time for God to find a sacrifice for the sins of the world, he found a perfect sacrifice, and that perfect sacrifice was his spotless son, his son who was without sin. You see, the blood of Jesus Christ is precious. Well, why is that so? Why, why would the blood of Jesus Christ be called Precious. Well, one of the reasons it was precious is because the blood of Jesus was innocent blood. In Matthew chapter 27 and verse 24, Pilate said that that he was washing his hands uh, of this just man. He said, I'm innocent of his blood. In other words, Pilate realized that Jesus had done nothing wrong and that he was uh, without sin and without without, uh, any fault or any blemish in his life. His was innocent blood. The blood of Jesus Christ is precious because it was perfect blood. Go back to what he says in verse 19. The precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Going over to 1 Peter chapter 2 and in verse 22, he says, Who did no sin. Did no sin. Jesus did no sin. Neither was guile found in his mouth. Second Corinthians five twenty-one says he made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin. Jesus knew no sin, did not commit sin. Hebrews four fifteen says we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but at all points tempted like as are we, yet without sin. So it was. Innocent blood and it's perfect blood. And the blood of Jesus is precious because it is vicarious blood. Well, now what does that mean? That means the blood of Christ was shed for the benefit of someone else. Look in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. Who his own self, bear our sins in his own body on the tree. We being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. For ye were a sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. The blood of Jesus Christ was vicarious blood, Isaiah the 53rd chapter says that he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin 2 Corinthians 5:21 And the blood of Jesus is precious because it is atoning blood. Atoning blood. Back in the book of Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 12, the Bible says, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Jesus Christ died on the cross, to atone for the sins of the whole human race. And the precious blood of Jesus Christ is precious because it is sealing blood. He sealed the New Testament with His blood. Listen to our Lord in Matthew 26 and verse 28. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which was shed for many, for the remission of sins. When Christ died on the cross at Calvary, shedding His blood, Jesus blotted out the old law, the Old Testament law, and He gave us the new law, and He sealed that law, that covenant, with His blood. indeed, His blood is precious. And so His blood is precious. And it is precious because it is cleansing blood. There is power in the blood. We sometimes sing a song that has this question in it, What can wash away my sins? And the answer to the question comes back, Nothing but the blood of Jesus. His blood is cleansing blood. In Revelation 1, verse 5, unto him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. If we want our sins cleansed, it must be done in that precious blood. The precious blood. Revelation chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. The question is asked, Sir, what are these and whence came they? And he said, Sir, thou knowest, these are they that came out of the great tribulation and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. The only way we will ever have our sins cleansed and we would be made clean and pure in the sight of God is by that fountain that is filled with blood, that is drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners that are plunged beneath that flood will indeed lose all of their guilty stains. And so it is precious blood because it is cleansing blood. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7 reads, But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. When we obey the gospel by believing on Jesus, by repenting of our sins, confessing faith in Christ, and by being baptized into Christ, that our sins be washed away in His blood. And if we continue to live the faithful Christian life, walking in the light, we stay cleansed, constantly cleansed, in that blood that was given for the sins of the whole wide world. The blood of Jesus Christ is precious. Someone may be asking, well, Brother Lambert, if it's so precious, how can I have my sins washed away in his blood? Now, the cleansing agent is Jesus' blood. I just read you that from uh, the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 5. Unto him who loved us, washed us from our sins in his own blood. And when we believe in Jesus, and we're willing to repent of sin in our life, we can be baptized into Christ, that our sins be washed away in that blood. Look in your Bible in Acts 22, verse 16. And now why tatterest thou? Arise, and be baptized, and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And I'd have you note in that passage that the washing away of sin comes after the act of being baptized and not before that is, your sins are not washed away, and then you're baptized. You're, you're baptized, and in the act of being baptized, you come in contact with the blood of Christ, the death of Christ, baptized into Christ, Romans 6, 3 and 4, and your sins are washed away. So Peter said the blood of Jesus Christ is precious. Now something else that Peter says is precious is found in 1 Peter 2 and in verse 6, where, for also it is contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. So the foundation under the church is Precious. What is that foundation? He said that the foundation, he said, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect and precious. Well, what is that foundation stone? In 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, in verse 11, the apostle wrote, Other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. You see, the church is not built on a man. It's not built on a human personality. It is built on Jesus Christ. He's a foundation. And, And notice that Peter said that he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. And that means disappointed. And if you would build your life on that foundation, build your life on the solid rock, you'll not be confounded and you'll never be disappointed. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all of the ground is sinking sand. The foundation is precious. And when Jesus made the statement about the building of the church, He said, I will build my church. He said to Peter, Thou art Peter, upon this rock I will build my church. Church is not built upon Peter, but rather the, rock, the church is built upon the bedrock truth that Peter acknowledged in verse 16 of that same chapter of Matthew 16. Thou art the Christ, the Son of of the living God. And it was upon the truth that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, that Jesus promised to build his church. Something else that the Apostle Peter tells us is precious is our faith. Go over to 2 Peter uh, chapter 1 and in verse number 1. Simon Peter a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So here the Apostle Peter talks about a faith that is precious. He refers to it as a like precious faith. That is, we have a faith in common with other people. It is a like precious faith with other Christians because we all have the same Heavenly Father. It is a like precious faith because we all are now in the same family. It is a like precious faith because we have all experienced the same spiritual birth. In John the third chapter and verse 5, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. So we have the same birth. And we also have the same system of beliefs. Jude verse 3 says that we are to earnestly contend for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. We have things today that are uh, calculated to undermine the faith of those who believe in God and Christ, the Bible, and believe in the New Testament church. We have modernism on one hand, and we have liberal theology on the other. But we need to stop and think about the like precious faith. Now Peter mentions one more thing that's precious, and and this is found in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. The promises of God are so precious. They are precious. Why are they precious? Number one, He fulfills His Word. Number two, the blessings we receive when we rely on His promises. We sing a song sometimes in worship standing on the promises of God. That is, our lives are built upon His promises. He's promised that if we'll obey Him, He will save us. He's promised that if we will be faithful to Him, He will save us. He's promised that He will provide for us. He has promises are so precious. Oh, yes, there are many precious things. I want to thank you for watching today. Until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer.